podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. It is the Blue Room. It is your weekly show. Hope everybody's doing okay. Getting life back to normal. I uh, hope everyone's enjoying life about Everton Football Club as well for a little bit. Um, one of my guests already is nodding there, Kate Valley James. <laughs> Not missing them, Kate, then, though? Oh, no. It's quite unlike me as well, isn't it, actually? I can't even go international break without getting a bit like, oh, what are we supposed to do? Um, but, yeah, I'm, um, I mean, I have a vested interest. I don't mean to get my partner back for a few days, which is nice. Um, so all, like, four or five days of it. But, um, but yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, I'm quite happy, actually. I can crack on till September. I'm good. Uh, Carl Roper also joins us. Uh, Carl, are you missing the toffees yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think the season, I, I think the season ended just at, well, probably a couple of weeks too late for Everton to be to be honest. There, uh, I'll be ready. I'll be ready for them again in September. That's the problem with them. They really are back in, don't they? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, all it'll take is a is a kit where the badge doesn't fall off, and I'll fall in love with them all over again. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, making his first appearance on the, the weekly show uh, is Frank McKenna. Uh, Chief of Downtown in Business, uh, if you watched our Brew the Blue series over the lockdown, you would have, would have seen Frank on that. Uh, Frank, thanks very much for joining us, first and foremost, mate. You, you okay? Yeah, great to be here, Matt. I'm delighted to, to join you. Like uh, Kate and Carl, not particularly missing Everton, <laughs> given the, the way the season fizzled out. Um, but I'm sure, uh, like all you guys, you know, you just can't help yourself instinctively looking at your phone every morning, can you, to see what the transfer rumours are and, you know, when, when Messi is going to sign and all that sort of stuff. So, <laughs> so although I'm not missing the action on the pitch, I'm still very much taking an interest in what uh, Mr Ancelotti might be doing off it. 100%, mate, 100%. And you know, the reason I thought I get, you know, you three guys on the show is something we're going to speak about a, a little bit later on. It's... We spoke about it very briefly towards the end of the show last week in regards to Everton and their presence in Liverpool City Centre, uh, whether they've got one, whether they've got another one. Um, so we'll have a chat about, about that. But you know, one of the things they want to actually start off by speaking about, so I'll come back to you first on, on this one, Frank. Uh, you mentioned it there about transfers. Um, Ten days gone since Everton uh, limped to a defeat against Bournemouth. The transfer window opened the day after that. Um, obviously, there's not long. In this, in this, um, you know, pre-season to get deals done, football starts again in September. We've seen a lot of teams making moves. Um, are you concerned Everton haven't made any moves yet? Uh, neither concerned or surprised, if I'm honest. I think that deals that uh, are in the the off have probably been negotiated over a period of a number of weeks, if not months now. I think agents will have been busy through that lockdown period in trying to line up their clients with new clubs if transfers. Uh, were of an interest to them. I'm sure that Ancelotti and Brands have identified their targets uh, a long time ago. If they hadn't, then that would be uh, a reason for being concerned. I think equally, though, that you know the, the the intricacies of football transfers nowadays are lost. I think on on us mere mortals that are fans, because 
you know, for all we know, there may be three or four conversations taking place at this moment in time. Uh, and if anything, Matt, I think I'm relieved that I haven't just uh, been waking up to our chairman doing an interview with Jim White, telling everybody what we were about to spend. Uh, and at least that lesson seems to be learned. Uh, and, you know, on a serious note there, I think we've now got a manager in place who actually wouldn't put up with that nonsense. And I think he will be undertaking transfer activity in a very professional manner in a way that I think we all expect Everton to undertake transfer activity. So, as I say, not too concerned. I think that we'll probably see some movement over the next couple of weeks in terms of a sign and a two coming in. More importantly, perhaps, we need to start trying to shift some of the dead wood out. Uh, and again, I wonder whether uh, there's as much effort from Marcel Brands in particular trying to identify potential suitors for that long list of players that we could all go through at this moment in time uh, to get them out the door. I also wonder whether that's going to impact on Ancelotti's ability to bring players in uh, and at what level we need to actually start to see uh, outgoings before we can get the number of in incomings that, that he'd like. Uh, final point I'd make, Matt, I thought it was again a very interesting comment that he'd made a couple of weeks before the season ended to say that what he wanted was evolution rather than revolution. Now I know again that probably disappointed a lot of our fan base, but for me, I think it makes a bit of pragmatic sense given the fact that we've seen these huge influxes, haven't we, of seven, eight players every window. Uh, and then, you know, it's like throwing a, a, a stack of cards up in the air, seeing where they'll land. Listen, if, if Ancelotti thinks three or four really good signings are better than seven or eight, uh, and then bedding them into his system and his plans, then, you know, I'm prepared to go with that. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, not too concerned at the moment. Hope to see some movement over the next couple of weeks. Uh, and as I say, hoping not to hear any exclusive interviews between Jim White and Mr. Mashiri. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'm pretty much at the same point as Shrank is there, Kate. You know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, you know, on news now every minute so I can see who was signed. You're probably a couple of weeks away from that, yeah. But, you know, I think that the point Frank made there is an excellent one in terms of, you know, with the helm of the football club now in, in Carlo Ancelotti, at least you've got one person there that you can put, you know, total enough to trust in that this is going to be, the right decision is going to be made. Yeah, I think it's like that, just that element of, of like a little bit more confidence, isn't it? I, I hate that feeling, that, that horrible, uneasy feeling where it feels as if you can hear a clock ticking the whole time when we're coming down to the end of the transfer window. It's awful. I think the most exciting thing that's happened so far was the hoax yesterday saying that Marcel Brands was stepping down with immediate effect. I didn't see that. I didn't see that one. Where was Brilliant. that? <laughs> uh, who put that out somebody who put it out on Twitter yesterday and obviously the first thing underneath is always you do know that people are going to take this seriously don't you this is it's going to cause like World War 3 I thought that was brilliant um, but yeah I, I don't know I think um, I think you know the kind of the calm before before the storm is uh, is, is where we're currently sitting um, and yeah I do I do this year I do feel more confident actually so I'm happy to see how things play out and then you know the, the mad rush just before the end yeah, uh, Carl Yannick Palassi has been back in training though, this week as well, so everything's going to be sound. <laughs> well, <clears throat> well if, any, if anything, this week has uh, illustrated the absolute insanity of the Everton fan base. It's the suggestion by some that because he runs a good social media game, he should be considered for a place in the first team. <laughs> you, say, 
they say nature and politics are bore vacuums. Well, there's not, nothing more, there's not a greater uh, group of people than Evertonians who are bore a, va- a vacuum. They'll fill it with any old nonsense. I mean, I, I, um, I'm a bit like Frank. I mean, I'm, I'm less bothered about uh, when we sign people. I'm more bothered about who we sign. Um, although I do, the, the schizophrenia of Evertonians is, is funny in that um, just towards the end of the season, it was like, in Carlo, we trust. And then wasn't it the other day, you know, the name of some old, um, you know, European kind of journeyman was mentioned that he might be sad and everyone's going, no, no, we don't Thomas want him. Thomas Lovatanovich. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm, as I often remind you, Matt, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm an Everton star, as, a, as, a, as, a, as Twitter calls us. And I'm glad some of these Evertonians weren't around in 1983 and four when we bought Andy Gray and Peter Reid. They've been going apoplectic. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought the uh, I, th- I thought the link with Abanovic was interesting, actually, Matt. Because I mean, everybody's initial reaction is going to be, "Oh, you know, thirty-six years of age. What are we doing?" Now, listen, Angelotti's worked alongside the guy, and again, I think if you listen to his comments towards the end of the season, what he was saying was something that many of us have been saying for a long time now. The thing that that squad lacks massively is leadership. Character, personality. Now, I don't know whether you get 10 games out of Ivanovic. I don't know whether you get 20 or 30. But if he's the sort of leader who can come into a dressing room and galvanise a team and a squad of players, then Ancelotti might be thinking, do you know what? Uh, For a year's contract, this guy's worth it. So I don't, again, expect every signing that we make to be a stellar signing who's going to necessarily be in the starting eleven. It may just be that Angelotti's looking for some captains. Great point that Carl's just made. Peter Reid and Andy Gray, you know, they transformed Everton Football Club in the 80s. When they signed, nobody was particularly excited. Thank goodness Twitter didn't exist. Apart from the, oh, from the physio. Oh, oh, the physios were. Signed. <laughs> would have been in tears, wouldn't they, saying, look at this. Um, so, no, for me, like, listen, that might just be a flyer, the Ivanovic link. But I wouldn't be getting too carried away if he did actually sign a couple of players who appear to be a little bit off radar, but fit the sort of profile that he's looking to bring into the club. Yeah. Do you think with the with the fan base, Matt, do you think it, the level of expectation is skewed um, with, with Carlo more so because of COVID and Project Restart and everything else? It, it, do you think the fan base, majority-wise, expects that we've kind of had them on like short reigns for a bit while we've played ball, we've done what the FA said we've got to do, you know, to get by, we've finished the season, and now expectations have kind of gone through the roof, expecting like an all-star team to, you know, yeah. to kick off the new season? I think people just look at him being here and say, well, obviously one of the reasons he's going to be here is because he's going to get back by a lot of money. But in yeah. the same breath, you know, the, the conflicting idea to that is the fact that you know, I was at the Philharmonic Hall earlier this year when Marcel Brands and Sasha Reisanstead did a presentation where they said, you know, the club are a, you know, a squeak away from breaking financial fair play rules here, so we probably can't sign loads of players. And, you know, I think it was a few months ago now where I think it was certain journalists were briefed saying there's going to be free transfers and loan deals. So there's those two conflicting things at the moment. Yeah. So a lot of people don't really know what to expect. But yeah, I'm sure that'll that'll transpire over the next few weeks and, and you know we'll have some more interesting names linked, no doubt. <laughs> uh, but but like I said, one of the, the things I do want to speak about um today, and I suppose this is arguably more important than ever given people are, are going back into Liverpool City Centre now uh, following lockdown and the fact Everton are going to have a stadium uh, stones throw away from the city centre, hopefully in a few years' time. Um, but it was something that you brought up, Carl, on, on, on Twitter. And 
you know, I think it's triggered quite a, a big discussion with yourself and, and various Evertonians. I love you get, and I know you love getting into those debates on Twitter, though, and you may even have an argument with people. So I'm sure well, you. I'm very, I'm sure I'm you very gentle. So I have to switch my notifications off. I have really bad anxiety over them, but, but I can't could, help myself. Just for anyone who's not seen it, like I said, we spoke about this briefly at the end of last week's show. What, what was the concern and what was alleged into posting what you did? Well, I was walking down Bold Street and um, I happened to glance at one of the side streets. I think it's where um, the corner where, like, pop, top end of Bold Street, where it's like Pop Boutique is. And I glanced alongside and there was yet another uh, Liverpool Football Club mural which i've subsequently found out was uh, is an advert for nivea um and uh, friends of mine will know that this is a particularly triggering thing for me in that um i think that it, so I'm, let me just start this by saying for any evertonians that are listening this is not the most important thing to do with everton football club i accept that but if we can't talk about these things in the in the pre-season we can never talk about them uh, at all. So, my, my, I, and the second thing I'll do is whenever we start to talk about things like this, we have to talk about Liverpool. I mean, and we all know from bitter experience of living amongst the Whoppers most of our lives and loving them as brothers and sisters and best mates and stuff like that. They are the kings of cultural appropriation. They appropriate everything. They think of nothing up themselves. They couldn't think of a name for the team. So they took the name of the city. They couldn't think of a badge. So they took the city's uh, symbol. In the 60s, they couldn't, badge, of course. They, couldn't, they couldn't make up their own song. So they took what, what just happened to be number one at the time. And it was, uh, it was uh, you'll never walk alone. So they are shameless in their they appropriation. They tried to trademark Liverpool. I mean, that's the same Martin Liverpool. And I noticed, I noticed that the other day, Nike are now actually trying to appropriate the the essence of being a scouser with their latest little film. Is you know basically to be a scouser really is to be a, you know LFC really. You're not a proper scouser unless you're a, you're a, um, a Liverpool supporter. And I think so. There's that. There is. At the moment, because Liverpool, and this is related to Liverpool's success. I mean, Liverpool are having astonishing success at the moment. Uh, and so it's natural. The profile of the club in the city is bigger than ever. Um, and this is projecting itself in, in there's public art, there's murals, there's everywhere you go, there's flags. And part of that is, in, is entirely understandable. And I, and I have actually got no problem with it happening for Liverpool Football Club. But what I do... Um, what I do take issue with is I think there is a kind of an almost a, a, a kind of cultural erasure of Everton Football Club from the kind of public um, sort of square in, in, in the most visited part of the city, which is the city centre. I mean, very few people, I mean, I'm from Walton um, and very few people go to Walton you know, on their, on a day out to Liverpool unless it's to go to see the ground, in, in which case that that's that's um, that's fine, but I do I do think that um, that it's time for Evertonians to have a discussion about you know whether this is important and if it is whether whether they want to do something about it. Now I think the club Everton Football Club to a degree is culpable in this. Um, you know we we called ourselves Everton because that's where we were from. We we've allowed Liverpool to um, 
to use the, the symbol of the city. I mean, just before I did this, I was actually looking at um, the badges of Manchester United and Manchester City, which have both evolved over time, but both have, have contained in the past and still do some a common civic reference. And if you look at the uh, Manchester United badge above the Red Devil, there's a, there's a ship which refers to the Manchester Ship Canal. The same symbol is on the Manchester City badge. And I, I think, you know, a very small thing Everton could do would be to find a way of reclaiming the live bit. It, it was my regret that we've just gone through a period where Everton were putting little symbols on the back of the shirt underneath the collar. And I, I, I regret that we never found uh, the ability to put a live bird on, on there to remind people that we're from, we are the first club from Liverpool. I think as well, we're also slightly culpable in that we, 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 we've, we've kind of created our own slightly odd fondness for nostalgia and a kind of slightly hyped up heritage where we seem more proud, if you look at that abysmal Everton timeline that goes around Goodison Park, we seem to be more proud of being the first team um, to play under floodlights, use under soil, heating, appear in an FA Cup final with numbers on the back of our shirts. Then we are the first team in this city to win the league championship, the first team in this city to win the FA Cup, probably to represent um, England in, in European football. So Everton have got a, a rather strange kind of relationship. So I don't want to, as an Evertonian, I understand that Liverpool are in, are in the ascendancy at the moment, and they have been for most of my lifetime. And I don't blame Liverpool fans for wanting to adorn the city with tributes to, to their supporters. It's entirely natural. But I, as an Evertonian, don't want to see the city centre turned into a Liverpool football club theme park, where every bar is, has got a Liverpool theme. Every time I turn around, there's a chance... Uh, I'm going to see yet another mural. So I live in I live in uh, the Dingle, just about ten minutes walk from Baltic. If I walk into town, I go past three Liverpool Football Club murals, possibly four. And the bar I drink in the most in the Baltic, um, Dockleaf, they've got a big Liverpool FC mural painted on the side. Now the guy who owns it's a Liverpool fan. That's, a, that's entirely his right. So what I suppose what my, what my tweet was about is, do Ever, are Evertonians happy with this? I mean, I'm not saying it's the most important issue. I'm not particularly happy with it. It, it seems to me relatively easy to fix. So if we want to claim back the live bed, so reconnect ourselves with the city of Liverpool symbolically as well as, you know, literally, um, let's make sure that Ever Everton Football Club is represented in the, uh, in the murals and the, paint and the street art around the city. Because, you know, we've been a, a significant part of the cultural landscape uh, of this city, and we mean as much to people who live in this city as Liverpool, uh, as Liverpool Football Club do. So I suppose my my tweets and my challenges being to Evertonians: Do you care about it? Having said it's not the most important thing, and if you do, let's do something about it. So first of all, is there an Everton fan who owns a wall in the city centre, a put the side of a pub? the side of a house, the side of a business. Because I've researched all those Liverpool ones and they're all the sides, they're nothing special. The guy in Baltic with the uh, Jürgen Klopp is a garage owner and he, he, he let the um, Premier League do that. The ones around Danfield are obviously on the side of people's houses. The Nivea one, um, I mean, that's a, that's, a commercial, yeah. that's a commercial thing. And you know, we've got a choice as Evertonians. 
Well, the, no, I, it doesn't seem to me something to be particularly difficult to do. It's not, we're not, it's not like qualifying for the Champions League, is it? <laughs> well, they say there, Carl, in regards to do Evertonians care? We've got two others on this call here. Frank, do, do you care about that sort of thing or not? Yeah, I think it's important. I, I think the, the point that Carl raises about the, the importance of Everton, the culture of the, the city is important. And I think it's important that we identify with Liverpool. Um, I mean... Carl made reference to the fact that, you know, back at the uh, the time of the split, uh, when we uh, we departed Anfield to form the original football club in the city, um, maybe we should have chose the city name in hindsight. But there you go, that's heresy, isn't it? Um, and I, I think it is. I think it's it it falls into several different facets. This though, in terms of what Carl's talking about. So we we'll start with the club first. Um, listen, I can criticise Everton for many things, um, particularly for their on-field performances uh, in recent times. And, uh, you know, it's 1995 now since we won a trophy and, and Carl would be the first to concede. That's certainly got to be the most important and the priority and that's got to be fixed before anything else. But in terms of the marketing of the club, um, you know, if, like me, you go across the country and you go into different core cities. So if I'm in Birmingham, Birmingham City fans will complain that Aston Villa is perceived there as the big club. And the presence within Birmingham is more about Villa than Birmingham, which sort of argues against my own case of saying we should have pinched the city name there. Uh, if you go to a place like Leeds or Newcastle, well, of course, it's easy pickings for them because they're one city clubs. If you go, however, to Manchester, which I think is far more pertinent in terms of this debate that we're having today, then City fans will tell you that up until the past three or four years, United were clearly the only team in that city. They were always seen as the dominant force in terms of anything that you saw in Manchester to advertise the city or if you were going through the streets of Manchester, the chances were that you were going to see an image of a Manchester United player or a Manchester United great, whether it be a manager or a player. So Matt Busby, Alex Ferguson and so on. So I think to be at the door of our marketing team is a little bit harsh, if I'm honest. And I think in terms of the club itself, what I would say is that we as supporters perhaps don't celebrate when the club does deliver something important. Three quick examples. Um, firstly, uh, we bought the Liver buildings. We're actually headquartered in the most iconic building on the planet, in my opinion, never mind in our city. Now, we criticise the club for not being part of the city, not doing enough to be. What more can they do, in a sense, than be right in the heart of the city centre in the most iconic building in Liverpool? And, you know, I think, as I say, as supporters, we need to celebrate that fact more than we do. And anybody who's not been to the offices yet and seen what a fabulous job we've done of that uh, need to go. I would recommend that to any Evertonian and they're very accommodating in terms of getting people to access that building. Second thing, and you know, we talk about the politics. Um, you know, a few months ago, Liverpool Football Club decided they were going to furlough people. They were actually going to start claiming government grants for their staff. Everton very quickly said, we're not going to do that. Now, three months later, that's forgotten. That's forgotten. Everton 
as a club can't go out and say weren't we great we didn't furlough staff but we as supporters should be reminding everybody and anybody who listen that we as a club stood four square in the city behind the right thing we didn't have to have a fans based campaign to get that decision overturned everton did the right thing and so for me you know i don't think we as supporters sometimes react as positively as we should to some of those initiatives that Everton take that are really positive. And then the one thing that I'm sure I don't have to talk about here is the Everton in the community initiative. Because as much as I think it's important to have a presence in the city centre, I tell you what, I think it's fantastic the kids in Fazakley, Croxted, Walton, Bootle, get Everton members of staff into their schools, helping with education, with sport, with wellbeing, with health. And again, you know, we sometimes say, don't we, this is something else as Evertonians, only Evertonians could do this. We say, yeah, it's great being the best in the world at that, but we want to win a trophy. Mm. Well, yeah, of course, we want both actually, don't we? We want the work that Everton and the community do to continue, and we want to work, win a trophy. I because... don't, I just want us to win a trophy. Yeah, but I, don't, but I, 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 think, Everton in the, I think Everton in the community is, is, is a brilliant initiative. But we are not the only club that do that. We are no, but the best not club the only. Well, the yeah, but well, I don't want to be the best at community programs. By a million miles, we're the best at it, and I think yeah, we should I, that, the fact. I don't think that mean, I don't think that means anything. That's not what well, Everton Football Club is about. Uh, Everton well, Football no, Club is a football club that should win equally, trophies. But equally, Carl, it's not about putting murals on the side of balls, but that's what no, we're no, discussing. No, so no, if, no, if you're saying to me it's more important to have a mural on a wall than it is for us to be investing into the community of Liverpool, and I would argue against that. But well, if I'd I never said your, that, did I? I didn't say that, Frank, to be if honest. I take, if I take your point about the city centre presence, and I think it is one that, that I'd like to address in a positive way, again, what do we put on the side of a wall? So I, as an Evertonian, would happily throw in a few quid if we could identify... A landowner Howard, in the city Howard Kendall. Centre. Howard Kendall. So, so and, that's, and that's the thing, isn't it? So we will be putting murals up of the past. So? And again, there is an element of our fan base that will criticise that. You just can't please everybody all of the time. We're not going to put a mural up with due respect to, we'll use his name because he mentioned Um So you are actually going to have to put murals up of players and managers of the past now i've got no issue with that and as i say if we can identify a wall in the city center where that can be done then i think that should be a fan initiative uh, one final point i'll make is that you know the thing about the bold street mural again <laughs> i can only imagine the meltdown within part of our fan base if nivia decided to come and sponsor Everton football players and put a mural on the wall well, Kazoo, on our behalf. It just But the club could say, the club could say to Kazoo or Hummel, why don't you promote your sponsorship um, by, by doing this? And, and, you know, again, Frank, I think there's a couple of, you, you put a couple of straw men up there and you're addressing things that I absolutely haven't said. I mean, I, I don't necessarily blame Everton Football Club for this. 
not really their responsibility because none of those murals and things are being organised by Liverpool Football Club. So I'm, and, and that's why I ended my little opening with, by, with a challenge to Evertonians. Not the, I don't expect Everton to, to go along and, and, do a, and do a mural. I'm, I'm posing this question of Evertonians of that. I, you know, every one of us on this court is a very proud Evertonian. And I also said this isn't the biggest issue in the world, but it's also not the biggest issue to resolve. And I personally don't want to, I personally think if there, is a, if, if there is a fashion for street art celebrating football in this city, then frankly, if Liverpool are going to do it, I don't want to see Everton erased. Files not doing it. And I think if we, if, we, if we believe in that motto and we believe in our club, I mean, I, 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 you know, my view is if we, if we find a world, we'll have a, we'll have a discussion about what we put on it. You know, but I don't, Liverpool, one of the, one of the uh, big um, murals by Anfield is Bill Shankly. You know, I, I, you know, one of the things I suggested on Twitter, the, the, the people behind the Howard's Way film, well, let's, let's celebrate that absolutely wonderful man who, who made us all so happy. I would have no shame whatsoever in, um, in celebrating a, fi- a figure uh, from our past. But at the same time, I wouldn't necessarily have any shame in just celebrating our club crest or putting up the number of trophies because th- one of the things about Evertonians is we, we're scared about mentioning what we win because it doesn't compare to what they've won. But we still won nine league titles. We still won the FA Cup five times, so put that up. Yeah. And say to Liverpool, well, all right. Just because uh, just because I, you haven't won the league 19 times doesn't make how many times you've done it is, it, is, is irrelevant. And the thing about the library buildings is, Frank, that's a very institutionalised approach. I drove past the library buildings before and I knew it was going to come on this. And I glanced up and I went, you wouldn't know that Everton were in there. So who gives them monkeys? Yeah. I, could, I couldn't be bothered if Everton's headquarters were in an industrial estate in Nosley. Just uh, yeah, really could very briefly say, though, Carl, that, that my, my comments weren't directed at you personally. I've seen, no, the, no. Reaction, I've, I've seen the reaction to, the, to that debate that you started. And I wouldn't disagree with anything that you said in terms of trying to improve and increase our presence in the city centre. And, and again, I haven't got a problem with celebrating our past as well. I just want things to celebrate in the future. But there is, oh, yeah, an, there is there has been within this debate an underlying criticism of the marketing department. Listen, there's lots of things that you can criticise our marketing department for, but not, not the fact that we haven't got a better presence in the city centre. And, and final point, Matt, sorry, right. is that I do think some of those things that I've mentioned, uh, we should, as Evertonians, be proud of and celebrate more and shout about more. Yeah, and I, th- I think th- for me, this is... This is why I'm so desperate to get to get you on as well, Kate. I think what the lads have both said there in regards to Everton having a, a presence in the city, it can be two different things. It can be the optics of what you see when you walk around town, by cars alluding to there. It can be people going in to help, um, you know, people in schools to, you know, the fans doing food banks, et cetera, et cetera, all the good causes they do. You've worked in the city as a journalist. Uh, you know, mum, we've got kids in, in city schools. You know, people who are at the football club as well. You you did all aspects of Liverpool life in that sense. Do you do you feel that that Everton are absent in, in that sense, or do you get a sense that they are, you know, under the skin of Liverpool as a city a little bit? Yeah, um, it it's, it is twofold, and there's two, and so many brilliant points there that Liverpool is very much viewed from the outside as as a canvas, isn't it? You know, it's a city. It's so vibrant. It, it's 
permanently changing um, and when it comes down to street art we've been so lucky over the years and that we've attracted artists from around the globe who have come to put their mark on our city as well as it being you know local and, and feeling like it's ours um, and they've been excited to come and do that as well to leave their mark here contrast mural festival um won't happen now until i think it's spring 2021 obviously because of covid um but that's basically at, at the crux of, of these artists searching like carl said they you know for a wall anywhere where they can leave their mark and and be you know and be picked up um at, as as an Evertonian first, I think it's sacrilege that we we haven't done that in our own city. We haven't made our mark somewhere outside of the immediacy of Goodison. So so to me, Goodison feels like like a pilgrimage. With like I've taken two of my kids for the first time properly um, over the last year, um, and to them, you know, to see Dixie, to look to as a little kid to look up at the murals. I mean, you can do that at the, at the Bleed Everton shop. You know, it, it's not difficult to do. We've proven that. Um, and having written countless, and I mean countless, articles about what you should see culturally, culturally when you come to the city, it, it, it has galled me over the years that there's nothing in there that's predominantly blue, you know, for me personally. Um, I think with the emergence of, you know, more more plans um, uh, coming to, coming um, being made public, sorry, about Bramley Moor Dock. Um, about it giving us a more you know permanent base obviously in the city center like you've mentioned there frank obviously you know we know we've got the live buildings we know it's state of the art you know we know people love working there but also like you've said carl you know to the naked eye nobody would know that but you know un unless you were you know you were within the fold we don't we haven't taken ownership of it it's ours and that it you know in that it's a space and that's pretty much it um and the other point that I wanted to make um, about the city centre in particular, it, it's um, come out in the news this week that um, there's been some graffiti art that's gone over the liver bird wings, which everybody knows. Um, and there's been a really interesting debate about that as to, well, oh, you know, well, that's sacrilege now, you know, because it's they ours. And it, and it's, sorry, Case. The one yeah, that, sorry. So, yeah, the, the Paul Kers artwork Kers that's on Jamaica yeah. Street. Um, it's not being gone right over. There's just another piece of artwork that's gone over the wings ever slightly so you can't get the, the perfect picture um, anymore, which, you know, a lot of people will have, will have, when they come to the city, that's part of what they want to do now because it's a little bit of them and it's a little bit of a connection with the city. Um, it, it made me wonder, um, and especially what with, with um, you know, the Rupert Tower being vandalised and, you know, and they're being backwards and forwards, like you've said, Carl, we can't talk about this and not talk about the Reds because it's always going to stir up something between the two fan bases. You know, well, you, you know, you can't have this and you can't have this. And you can guarantee that the minute we put up anything, wherever it is, something will happen. And then, you know, Although, the, the, yeah. You know, and, and the comeback of that then is like, oh, you know, there'll be a group of whoppers, as you call <laughs> Liverpool fans, who'll come back and go, hey, 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 it's not all of us, and they'll come out and clean it up, and you know, and then we we kind of go full circle, don't we? You know, mm -hmm. um, I, I would love to. To me, if we put something up, it's got to mean something. I don't want to put something up because they've got everything. I want to put something up because we want it. And because mm -hmm. we need, we feel like we need a presence mm -hmm. and a hundred percent agree with you there. And um, I think that's important that we've got, that we've got a stamp. And, and the minute you said Howard Kendall, like me, goosebumps, that's what it's about. I think, you know, to, to, it is to celebrate where we've been. Um, and to tell you the truth, I'm quite surprised nothing's gone up about Carlo. Yes. Even if it was a quote, it doesn't necessarily have to be a big hundred feet Martinez style. <laughs> <and> effort. <laughs> you know, but, but just something in that that whole kind of in Carlo we trust until we maybe don't, but we won't yeah. talk about that. Besides Ivanovic. I mean, 
Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I agree. And actually, Kate, I've read a lot of your stuff about going around their town, and I really loved it. I just didn't put the name to the. Hey, um, it was me. That I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, mate. Children, I, I should pay more attention to write stuff. But I think another, I read, I read some of your stuff, and it's really good. But I mean, just on, on the thing, I think you know, on the vandalism issue. I mean, that wasn't your main point, but yeah. I mean, from what I can, from what I can tell, and I walk past that Jurgen Klopp one. Mm. Um, off uh, Jamaica Street quite a lot. I don't think it has actually been uh, troubled by um, Evertonians. And, I think um, that one's been all right, hasn't it? I don't know about the others. And, you know, maybe there's a kind of, uh, you know, it's that kind of nuclear deterrent response, isn't it? Like, you know, you, you ruin ours, we're going to ruin yours type of stuff. I mean, that, just on what I think, actually, there has been one event, I think, in, in recent Everton history that has indicated the thirst amongst Evertonians for this kind of cultural pushback, this pushback against that the started in the 60s with Bill Shankly and, you know, the, the, the cultural, culturally dominant uh, force in the city is the Beatles and Liverpool Football Club. And, but we've done it once and the success of it and the enthusiasm that was felt amongst Evertonians, I think proves the desire for it. And that was the day David Moyes joined Everton Football Club and said, we are the people's club. The people in, on the streets support Everton. And that was like a shockwave that went through the fan base. So much so that the club were using it. It was all around the ground, the fans were made up and that was the first time we've had a manager I think who said something in the same way you know that the, the Liverpool supporters will, will quote Shankly and stuff like that that it absolutely went through the fan base like a shockwave and I think that was because someone said you are culturally important you are distinctive as a club all right you haven't won the European Cup four or five times you haven't won all right but that doesn't invalidate your history just you know, just because, as I said before, Liverpool have won the European Cup six times. If we ever mosey around to winning it, it will invalidate it. Mm. And we, and, but the only ones you can make sure that it isn't invalidated is us. Nobody else will do it. The media and everybody else and people who don't support either Everton or Liverpool are always going to graduate to the more successful club, whether it's the totality or the most contemporarily successful club. Incidentally, I've got man, mates in Manchester United who are getting very concerned that, you know, Manchester City are now seen as the, the right. top club in the city yeah. because of their their their, their recent success. And I, and I, and as, as I say, you know, I, I take on board all 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 of Frank's uh, points, but this is not an an attack on Everton Football Club. This is a this is a challenge to the to the fan base. One thing I will say though about the institutionalised construction of Everton Football Club is I do think we suffer through not having an independent supporters representative body in this in, akin to Spirit of Shankly. Now I've got a very close friend who used to be very involved in Spirit of Shankly. And whilst I, I disagreed with their condemnation of uh, Joe Anderson when he, when he originally warned about fans gathering outside the ground and stuff like that on the whole, I think he'd been a terrific voice for Liverpool supporters, um, you know, getting rid of, you know, playing a big part in getting rid of their, their former owners and, and in representing the fans on, on lots of issues. And I do think we suffer from not having a genuinely independent um, fans base. I mean, I don't doubt 
the uh, commitment of the Evertonian do it on the fans forum to advocate and to support us. But it does seem to be in an, within an agenda that is very much controlled and shaped by the club. And, I, you know, I do think if we had a slightly more independent, robust fans body, that might be the fulcrum for some of this stuff. But we haven't. We are where we are. So it's going to be, you know, big gobs like me with disproportionate concerns about painting on bricks that might get the discussion going. And hopefully when, when Matt broadcasts this, there might be an Evertonian with a gable end somewhere around Baltic. Um, I've started that. I'm a dangerous driver in the city. I keep walking, driving along going, up there, that would be, be, be fantastic. Little Pullians wouldn't be able to get to that. So I don't know. But I think that the two, the two issues that you raised there, Carl, very much are in the, the hands of the supporters, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we could set up, uh, you know, you could set up a Howard's Way independent group of Evertonians. Uh, and listen, you know, the club, uh, by its very nature, I'm sure, would listen uh, to those people. Uh, you could say, the other thing I'd say, Carlo, you've got to change your route into work, mate. Um, <laughs> because, because I would be totally depressed yeah, if I was to past that four times. Oh, I, I, honestly, I have this secret paranoia that there's a, there's a group of Liverpool supporters painting murals wherever I go, but uh, <laughs> that's, in, that's before I've medicated myself. <laughs> it might, might be the thing, but I'll tell you the thing I would say absolutely shouldn't put us off from pursuing this as an initiative is um, the potential for vandalism. Um, because, you know, that would stop anything, potentially, wouldn't it? Yeah. So I, I don't think that, that comes into... I, I think it's a great point, but I don't think it's something that should stop the conversation. And please don't uh, take my comments earlier as being anything uh, that is unenthusiastic no, no, about the no. suggestion that we have a bigger presence in the city. My, my gripe with Evertonians at the moment is that we shouldn't see the lack of success on the field as necessarily something that we attach to everything that the club does. And on occasion, as I say, what frustrates me is when our club does things that are the right thing to do. Uh, and again, I think some of this does actually come from Moisey's comment, the people's club. I think the hierarchy even today are mindful of that as a reference point. And so when decisions are taken about, you know, well, should we furlough staff? Uh, what are the season ticket prices going to be? How are we going to raise this particular uh, customer fan base issue? Then I think that reference point is strong. And I think that, say, sometimes um, the club doesn't perhaps get the credit it deserves. And, and you know, on a, a very serious note, uh, I was disappointed that, you know, we recently as a city uh, put in a £1.4 billion recovery bid signed by city leaders from across the city region. Um, Peter Moore signed it. Yeah. Everton's name wasn't on it. Now, so, so, you know, even in that respect, as you were saying earlier, Carl, it's almost like we're erased from memory. And with due respect, we've, we've invested in the Lava Buildings. We're about to develop an iconic stadium that's going to give a huge economic boost to the city. Denise Barrett-Baxendale's name should have been one of the first on that letter. So yeah. I think we have got a problem in terms of ensuring that the profile of the club is matched with the fact that we do have a huge influence on the city, but have an even bigger influence on the city going forward, in my opinion. And listen, anything that we can do as a supporter base to push this campaign 
for artwork, murals in the city, I'd certainly be right behind it. Yeah. I don't. Do, I don't think we can talk about this and not address the Everton in the community mural of Big Nev, which apparently is monstrosity, according to Audrey oh. O'Keefe of Kirkland. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to guess that she's not a season ticket holder down the Gladys Street end. Just reckon, <laughs> unbelievable. I can't. What I can't get my head around. I only read about it this morning. I won't lie. What I can't get my head around. Um, and to, I'm going to quote Joe from the Echo. Um, we've had a few complaints about the mural, and if we're honest, it's not the best. So it will be getting painted over, probably with some plain colours. Who decides what what art is subjective? That's the whole point. We're we're not going to like the red stuff that goes up by default. They won't like the blue stuff that goes up. But what what I I want to know who decides what's acceptable no. and what isn't. The um, on that basis, the uh, Jurgen Klopp one off Jamaica Street could be painted over for the effect. Is slightly weird. Um, um, nail varnished fingernails have on me every time I, I walk back and I, you know I'm not anti-cross dressing or anything like that but it just, it just freaks me out every oh, time oh if it's giving uh, you anxiety get on, get on the blower yeah, I think it's the wrong shade I think <laughs> oh you have just, to find a new route mate honest to god like, like, I, just, I know I just, I just I, 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 I walk past the street like that now. <laughs> I hope there's people who work on Jamaica street and go oh here he is and just wait for you to walk past like that every morning I just, I don't know, I just think it's, I think it's odd. I love your idea, Carl, of the fan base coming together and deciding what's important and, you know, and what we make, you know, like a, a permanent, a permanent piece. Uh, I would love to know, how would you feel if this goes out and, you know, obviously your wider conversation yeah. on Twitter, etc. How would you feel if something popped up? Well, what we anyway? well, well, I, I, that, I mean, that would be brilliant. I mean, I just want to, I just, you know, I, I the, one of the, the slightly less abusive Liverpool supporters who um, who responded to me tweet, I said he was trying to interrogate it, and I said, "Well, basically, mate, it boils down to this: you've won the European Cup, I want to win the European Cup, but that ain't going to happen anytime soon. You've got a mural, I want a mural. <laughs> simple as that. I said yeah, it's as simple as that. I share the same city that you live in, so anything you have." That I've got to see. I want. I want the same. I don't claim to be any more sophisticated uh, a reason than that. I mean, I you know, if, if we if someone's listening to this and you go, great, I've got a wall, and I know someone who's a decent artist. I'll paint it. I'll paint it ever more happy days. I mean, just just on the the, the response. I mean, uh, the Paul Curtis. Uh, I did contact him um, for some advice, and he was he was advising about some walls you need permits for, so others you don't. And clearly, if you own the building. Uh, and you're not painting anything, you know, that could be regarded as uh, defamatory or racist or anything. You, you don't need um, any permission. And he, he's told me to keep in touch if uh, if we were to find a site and he could go measure it up and uh, and work out uh, some pricing. I've had lads uh, and women, uh, Evertonians, Evertonians who've said, um, I'm willing to help start up a crowdfunder if you need any yeah, money in paying the artist. Uh, but I've said to everybody, that's brilliant, um, but we can't do anything until we've got a wall. So, you know, if anybody knows anyone who's got a wall, um, then give it, you know, let me know, and I'm happy to do it. But if you've got a wall and you know an artist and they're really good, take the bloody thing and tell me about it, and then I can show up. <laughs> 
Matt, you've got to call this podcast Gable End. Just got to be called the Gable End. In fact, that's what we should be doing at Bramley Moor. Right, we're going to bin off the Gladys Street and we're going to call it the Gable yeah. End instead. That's it. Well, once, once we've plonked the 55,000 piece of state of the art the stadium on the river, I won't be asked about you. Fascinating listening to you all debate that. It's really insightful. The, the, the thing that's sort of coming to my head when you've all been talking is that all these things to me are the product of a boring football team, which in turn leads to a bored fan base. And I think you, when you see fan initiatives and you see interesting fan initiatives around the world, they tend to be born out of success, like we're seeing with the Reds at the moment. Yeah. Well, they tend to be born out of diversity where a team is struggling and people come together and do things. And Everton have just been middle of the road, mid-table for a long time now. And I think when you are a fan base that you just go to the match, you see the same things, you see the same results, you're in the same position, it can get tedious. I think if, if, if there's cause for people to come together and really rally behind the team, if Everton were in a cup run or they were challenging for the title, or even if they were the other end of the table and they were really scrapping to you know, to to stay in this division, I think people will be more creative and come together mm-hmm. and be more willing to do these sorts of things. Whereas now, you know, we all did it at the start of the show when when we mentioned Everton. We said, oh, you know, we all got the seasons finished. We missing Everton yet? And we all went, well, no, not really. You know, mm-hmm. at, at, at the moment, there's not that affinity with your football club for, for anyone really when it comes to Everton. I think that. It's, it's not just going to the match and watching them every week and investing that in it as well. It's wanting to do that bit extra, saying, well, what, what can I do to, to help our presence in the city? Have I got an idea that someone might like? Am I going to reach out to an artist and maybe try and get something on a wall somewhere like that? When you're disenchanted with your football club and a bit bored of them, these things ultimately don't happen, I, I don't think. So maybe never can get better on the pitch. And, and it's a great point, Matt, but I, I think that the only thing that I would disagree with there is that Liverpool as a city is a very different sort of place than most other places. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that in a romantic way. Uh, you know, the visitor economy now uh, is, God, it, it, it equates to 49% of business rates, for God's sake. So it's a huge thing. And of course, visitor numbers out of the city have exploded across the the past decade and hopefully when we're through this thing uh, that will come back and so I think the point about people coming into Liverpool and seeing you know very visibly Everton Football Club are part of our city is important and perhaps more important than in places and cities that don't have that culture don't have that visitor economy uh, and don't necessarily have that international reach as well and again, I know, listen, we'll take the mickey, don't we, out of Liverpool and the Norwegian fan base and so on. But uh, we'd love it. You know, well, I certainly would. I want to see Everton have an international presence. I want to see us have a reputation in Europe and beyond because that's how you're going to become successful. And for me, as I say, given the fact that we've got literally millions of visitors coming in, you've got those cruise ships now coming in from the States in the not-too-distant future, we've got to have some presence there that says this is Everton City too. Yeah, I think you can, you know, for visitors coming into the city, I mean, I they, I, I see this as, this is, for me, it's profoundly internal in that, I, you know, I, I'm born and bred in this city and I, I it's my city as much as it is anybody who supports Liverpool Football Club. So I want to see my, my big cultural reference point um, represented in, in, in the artwork of the city. Um, 
as for people coming into the city, I mean, I mean, that, the clock one on Jamaica Street is incredibly popular. I mean, it's, I'm always weaving between between people as I uh, storm and past people. Um, but <laughs> no, but on, a, on, a, on a serious point, you know, visitors coming into the city, seeing the public art in tribute to Liverpool Football Club, are clearly going to say, well, their fans paint them because they're more successful, and they are more successful. But wouldn't it be awful if they also said maybe they care more? Mm. Because we we know that they don't. Mm. You know, one what the the we, my mates in uh, who support Liverpool, even they conceded this that when Liverpool unveiled that this means more tagline, they were embarrassed by it because you know Liverpool fans might you know celebrate. In the heart of hearts, you know, it doesn't mean necessarily mean any more more to them than yeah. a Rochdale or a Wigan or, or, or a Leeds fan does. And, and I, that's what I, I hate, the thought of that anyone coming and seeing their, their public tributes to their club might think that they care more than we do. And I don't think there's a single Evertonian who, who, who cares less about our club than a Liverpool fan would care about theirs yeah. and, and would want anybody to think that. Now, there are millions of ways that you demonstrate your care and concern for a club and there are millions of ways that you can celebrate it and, and you know, and Frank and Kate's points have been brilliant about the kind of deeper and the wider reach of our club in, into the community. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a talented person spending a couple of half days with a few pots of paint and the fill-up that would give us and the bit of a cultural pushback to say, we are here, all right, we might be a bit crap. But <laughs> doesn't make us any less relevant. Doesn't make us any less relevant. No. And, you know, I'll, and I'll, you know, I'll end by saying this. I'll tell you what, the joy you get from rubbing them up the wrong way. I mean, I, I said to one guy, Jesus, mate, the irritation, me tweeting about Everton having a, a, war, a mural has caused you, I can only imagine the medication you'd need if you'd seen Liverpool win six European Cups and 12 league titles in your lifetime, you would be bedridden. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about one mural that isn't even there yet and you're, you're spinning around in, in a state of rage. I'm glad you're not. It's good for you. You're, you're not an Evertonian, mate. Uh, anyway, that's it. I'm gonna, I would, I'm love, I would love to see in uh, in a few years when we get Bramley Mordock up and 10th Street has been developed and you know the, the shift to the city centres happens again. You remember years back, everyone going, "Oh, like the Baltic's too far out of town." Oh my God! Oh no! It, it, no. Now it just seems ridiculous, yeah, yeah. doesn't it? But I think when the other side of town comes together, like you've said, we've started a legacy early. And we've started to kind of weave our way between those streets and, and like the same way that we do on match days when we all take our weird own routes and, you know, the pub and, oh, oh no, if we park here, then we can skate around here type of thing. And there'll be little bits of us and our fandom that we've invested in, you know, ahead of Bramley Moor. I would love to see that shift. I think it's important, like you've said, you know, the hotspot at the minute is the likes of um, Bold Street, the Baltic, um, you know, the likes of Gildart Street, Bayhorse Lane, up the top of like Islington kind of way is chock a full of street art. It's incredible, but it doesn't get the footfall yet. So yeah. whilst that's important, I would love I, to see 10 Street just start to weave away its way down to the waterfront. I mean, I'd love, I'd love like a mural trail from yeah. Buddhism along um, Walton Road into, into town and then another one 
getting down towards Bramley Moor. A toffee trail, if you will. Toffee trail, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Carl, Carl's getting ambitious now, I'm loving it. Uh, yeah. We'll be on the Millennium Bridge on the M62. Yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the irony of all this is, I used to own a house that was an end terrace. If only oh. other than that, I did then. Go and knock on the door and see what they say. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, possibly. Yeah. We are out of time. Fascinating stuff. I really enjoyed it. Thanks very much to Frank, to Carl, and to Kate. And if you see Carl walking down Jamaica Street, looking a little bit puzzled and a little bit down, just. <laughs> Obviously, don't can't give him a hug in these uh, post-lockdown times, but just give me Aging a intervention. <laughs> uh, you know, just start humming Zek cars at him or something like that, just to cheer him up. Uh, but, yeah, that's been your weekly show here on the Blue Room. Uh, we'll be back again same time next week. Uh, look up a kick about that'll be out tomorrow with Rob Vera hosting that and all the usual stuff over on Blue Room Extra as well. Uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. I'm such a screw-up. What? House? Why would you talk like that? How are you even with a house without a walk-in closet? Stop. You have more than enough storage. Oh, yeah. And the unfinished basement. Gross. We'll finish it eventually. Together. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Sports Social Podcast Network.